0: If you have something to say, I'd like to hear it. I want a divorce. Are you asking me for a divorce? Divorce? I will divorce you so fast, it'll make your head spin. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. I want a divorce.
1: I want a divorce. I want a divorce.
0: Is Dallas Divorce Talk with Don Budner and Carla Calabrese. Don and Carla guide you deep inside the world of divorce through all the ins and outs, ups and downs, and any unexpected turns. Now, your hosts to have and to hear Don Budner and Carla Calabrese. This is
2: Dallas Divorce Talk with Dawn Budner and Carla Calabrese. We are family lawyers at Calabrese Huff, where family matters, coming to you with On Air Live. And we're excited to be here. Today we are sitting in January, Mm -hmm. sort of mid-January 2017, the week that... Donald Trump is about to be sworn in as the president of our country, and we won't talk about that because this is not a political show. Um, We just want to wish him well, don't we, Carla? Mm, Maybe. Yeah. Um, So today's topic is that one month of the year is considered to be divorce month, that there is an uptick in divorces during this time period. And Carla, would you like to speak to which month that might be?
3: Well, typically it's it's this month, January. Um, I think we see in our firm, for example, I looked at the calendar um, yesterday and I saw almost a consultation every single day, almost for most of the lawyers in the firm. Not quite.
1: I I have a quick question for you guys. Just as your producer. um, Do you think that has anything to do with January being like the most depressing month out of the year?
3: No, I don't, I don't, well, I don't know about that. I mean, if it's depressing month, but I think it's definitely the beginning of a new year, right? So I think it's about, hey, tossing out the old and in with the new and getting through the holidays. People
1: I, ask me if maybe I want to do a whole other year of this. Yeah, do I want to do a
3: whole nother year of this? Yeah. Exactly. Do I, do exactly. this? Do I am, you know, it, am, it's the last, you know, my that's the last freaking Christmas I'm doing with this this person. Right, um, right. You know, it's, it's also people don't want to rock the boat during the holidays, so they tend to wait. And I'm telling you, January 3rd or 4th, Uh, The phone is ringing off. Although, you know,
2: I have to say, Kevin, to your point, that in the study that came out about this, um, there was a theory going that perhaps. Because January is depressing, and I think that suicide rates increase right. in January. Mm, okay. And so they were, you know, interested in seeing if if divorces would follow that same pattern. and I think that they do, or maybe actually. the divorce
1: ends up being the trigger mechanism of the depression well or right
2: exactly.
3: that's weird to me that that it's weird to me that January would be the uh, big depression month because to me when I think about the first of the year I always think of positively like it's the new year it's all these you know what am I going to do what are my me goals too. you know so it's just interesting I mean you know just although
2: interesting. to your point about the goals I think the end of a year and the start of a new year is a time for reflection for
3: people right, right? Yes. and thinking
2: about um, you know Where am I in life? And those sorts of big questions. Yeah, and
3: and, and then just another follow up there that another uptick that happens in our office in January is we get a lot of calls for people who want to adopt. Uh, We have an adoption practice as well, and um, we have uh, relationships with adoption agencies um, that I founded. And we get people who I think, much like not another you know year with this you know SOB (laughs) sorry to say but it's also I'm not going another year without being a parent and I really have to get we have to get this done so I think that's why we see a lot of phone calls coming in from uh, prospective adoptive parents asking about adoption, wanting to adopt, and un- trying to understand what are all the uh, options they have for adoption.
1: Well, thank you for entertaining my uh, my question. <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> we,
3: no,
2: we enjoy entertaining you any chance that we get. <laughs> uh, you know, the other interesting thing about this study is it wasn't just the Christmas holidays. It was talking about summer, too, so that you see an uptick. It's really now... I'm going to spoil our whole, you know, topic and talking about January, but it's really March and August. Mm -hmm. And so the thinking is that post family time slash holidays is when this is happening. So the holiday experience... Maybe, you know, some of what you were saying that kind of taking stock and then some people also thinking, I got to wait until after the holidays. I'm not going to be the jerk that says I want a divorce, you know, right. in early December. Right. And especially if you have children, you want them to enjoy their last Christmas as a family or whatnot. And then it's January and now people are saying, okay, now I need to kind of get my ducks in a row and yeah. get things together. And yeah. so it might take a little while to actually file. So that's, you know, hence it's Well, maybe
3: March. it's because then there's Valentine's Day. Maybe yeah. that's guys. Why this to is notice to
2: you. <laughs> you better put some thought, thought into <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's do Day. Not because... Ask for a divorce on Valentine's Day. No, do not. not. And you better you better get a good gift and not forget Valentine's Day,
3: or else. That's <laughs> for kind those of you that don't want a divorce, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my takeaway. So talk about summer. How that might. Uh, yes, yeah, summer um, is interesting. It's it can be extraordinarily busy in our office from. Um, all the work that we have, but as far as new people coming in, again, that's a, I think that's a time when people say, "Let me get through the summer. Let's get through our vacations." Um, and then again, the uptick in August when school starts. And so, yeah, I think that's that's why I think that uptick in August is, is there. A-
2: another thing that the researchers mentioned also is that the routine of school is seen as a positive thing for kids. So if they're going through a change, if you're going to break it to the kids, you don't want to do it when there's like no structure in their lives right, and all right, that. Right, and exactly. So kind of when- So better to wait. Right, Yeah. right. Yeah. So- That's kind of depressing. So let's think, what do we want to take away from this? I think one thing is, don't tell your spouse that you're getting a divorce on Christmas or their birthday. Those are not nice. Um, But does it matter, the timing, when you file?
3: Does it matter with respect to what? I mean,
2: is there any reason, some of what I was reading on this is people were saying, so if. Everyone else is filing for divorce in January. Maybe I need to be filing in January. The sort of, you know, cheap approach. Right. And so do you think there is any rhyme or reason or, uh, you know, advantage or disadvantage to the timing of filing?
3: Um, Well, interestingly, I know I've sometimes advised people that are coming in at the end of the, like in September or October and asking about, you know, or or even as late as uh, end of October, early November, and I will say to them, you m- you might want to go ahead and g- file now, because you know you're gonna you're not gonna file during the holidays most likely, and then January is gonna be this barrage of of clients, and um, it'd be better to go ahead and get it set up and ready to go, especially if the goal is to get it done more quickly. So if somebody is really ready and really wants to get it behind them, probably better than to file earlier uh, at the end of the year versus waiting until after the year.
2: Right. And what about what about the tax year? Does that have any implications?
3: Um, yeah, tax the uh, tax consequences are definitely uh, taken into consideration with respect to not necessarily filing, Don, but with it's more about finalizing the divorce. So, you know, usually what we tell our clients is that, you know, we really want you to take a look at the uh, talk to your CPA and make sure that your CPA has looked at the benefits of waiting until the new year, mm-hmm. uh, of staying married in, through the end of the year, um, because typically um, that will save you some money to actually stay married. But it does depend on how much money you make, it depends on a lot of factors.
2: Well, and it's my understanding too if you're married for one day of the year, you can file as a married couple for that year. But please check with your nearest financial advisor (laughs) on that. Okay. And I think we're off for a short break.
0: More of Dallas divorce talk coming up. At first,
1: I was afraid. petrified
0: i kept thinking i could never live without you by my side but celebrating the sanctity of good radio this is Dallas Divorce Talk what you want baby i got and what we
2: are back want? with Dallas you Divorce know Talk know this is Dawn too. Budner i'm oh, here with I Carlos Halegrees and we are talking today About divorce and that January is considered to be divorce month because there is a major surge in divorce filings at the start of the year, right, Carla? Yep, there definitely are. So what the heck? I mean, what are you seeing in the office in terms of why people are saying that, here I am, I want to get a divorce, it's over?
3: Well, I would say that um, the main reason that you typically see is is relationships outside the marriage i think that is very very common um that people will have you know there'll be affairs and somebody can't get over that and they just they just don't you know they can't make that marriage work after that breach of the marriage vow and the confidence and 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 a lot of it's i think because of the the you know the lying that goes on with an affair i mean there's significant distrust at that point and um You know, I think that some people can overcome that. I've seen it happen, but uh, I would say that is. uh, I I remember I used to to throw out a statistic that said something along the lines of, you know, ninety plus percent of all the divorces that I've seen in my you know career have had affairs, and I think that's probably still true. Now, I don't think that's the reason necessarily. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, I
2: I think sort of the common wisdom is that when you've got uh, marriage with affairs, that that's a symptom
3: rather than the problem itself. Right. Is that your opinion? I, yeah, I think it's a symptom of a, of a marriage. Not always, not always, but I think that it can be a symptom. I think there are different kinds of, shall we say, I don't want to say the word cheaters, I think that sounds so, but there are, are different types or uh, of, of um, people that do look outside the marriage for different reasons, and I think that there are people who, that are more serial, you know. They're just constantly, right. you know, going outside the marriage. I have a case like that right now where it was just this constant, constant, constant throughout the marriage. Um, and then I think. What about that- the the people who say they have a sex addiction?
2: What
0: uh, do you think about that?
3: Um, you know, it's it's so interesting that you mentioned that. I don't. I had a, a new client that came in last week that talked about having a sex addiction and a really legitimate. I mean, been to the recovery place outside of Texas, uh, talked the lingo of you know the the people he had in his home when his children were little, and um, so you know. It, what do you it, mean by that? Well, I mean, I. Th- you know, addiction is a whole nother, you know, issue. And I think another reason why we see a lot of divorce. Right. Um, but the sex addiction, I think some people think is kind of like, you know, mm, is that really an addiction? I'm Right. Busy. And this there's. You kind you know, of think,
2: oh, or are you just a perv? Uh, Well, um... You know you had that thought,
3: Carla. Don't (laughs) act like you're, you know, here in your doctor's uniform. Well, let me say this. I am not here to judge, but I am here to help. Um, But I do do think that... That's why um, you're the good cop, right? Yeah. I do think that... um, Sex addiction is a real addiction. I do personally, um, and I think that we have seen a lot of that over the years in our in the in the, the, the demi- you know the demise of the marriage caused by those kinds of addictions, and that being one of them. Um, so, um, so, do you know yeah. if
2: there is? Sorry to put you on the spot, mm. but do you know if there is there mm. research? I imagine with everything that's being done with looking at the human brain and so much information that we never had before about sort of those addiction centers and how, you know, the brain of someone who's likely to be addicted is going to be firing like crazy in response to certain stimuli, whereas the regular brain is going to be chill. And, you know, I wonder if there's that kind of evidence to back up the validity of a sex addiction.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know for sure. I mean, because I've never done that research, but I definitely know that that Research has been done for alcoholism and drug, um, both both street illicit street drugs as well as um, prescription drug addiction and abuse. Um, So I don't know about that, though. It'd be interesting to know. That would be. If someone
2: knows, come post on our Facebook page.
3: Yeah, that'd be great. Um, But I do know for sure that I've heard, I mean, sex addiction. I mean, I remember a case 20 years ago where a guy came in and he said, you know, I'm a sex addict and I've been diagnosed and it's an illness and he believed it. And, you know, he destroyed his, at that point in time, third marriage. Wow. And I don't think he could stop. It was pretty it was much like an you know, alcoholism or, you know, drugs. I mean right, the people you know.
2: who have been diagnosed with lung cancer and they're still smoking. Yeah,
3: for sure. <laughs> you know, you're pretty yeah. sure
2: they wish they weren't doing yeah, that.
3: That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, for sure. But um so we were we're talking about um some of the reasons, reasons
2: for divorce when people show up. And I know from from looking at the research, um, you mentioned infidelity, and I know that I think turns out to be both for men and women the number one reported reason for divorce.
3: Right, and, um, that, and that kind of dovetails into the difference. In, I mean, this is kind of anecdotal, but I I do recall going to a seminar once where we had a, a, a woman who came in and spoke to us in a collaborative seminar about, um, about uh, uh, um, affairs and how You know the difference in people who um, are serial, you know, cheaters versus people who fall in love, and that's that's worse. Yeah, Yeah. I'll take the serial cheater. That sounds terrible. (laughs) Well, uh, typically, what we have seen, and this is again fairly anecdotal, but is that women will more more likely than not fall in love, and once Mm. they do, when they have relationships outside the marriage, they're done. Um, And then you'll see, and this is, you know, again, a very general, you know, a general uh, anecdotal conversation here, but you'll see that when men sometimes will cheat and... They will come back and go, Well, I never loved her. I didn't, I didn't, you know. It's just the sex. Yeah. I I didn't, I I don't want my marriage to be over. I mean, I've, gosh, those, those, those are endless amounts of divorces in um, not only my office, but sadly, even, you know, friends and whatnot. So, you know, that is a, a fairly common theme throughout the 20 plus years I've been doing this. That is very and, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Because we, we do look at
2: things differently sometimes. I mean, we can, not not everybody, like you're saying, yeah, but yeah. there are some differences yeah, in how definitely. men and women view the world, I think. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> so I'm looking over here on my list, and you also mentioned addiction, and that's on here. And there I is. I think addiction
3: is huge. It definitely. Is, yeah. I think it's it a, is. It's a, the b-
2: third leading cause of divorce.
3: Third leading, yeah.
2: Mm hmm. And then incompatibility, and we were talking earlier about what people are calling now the gray divo- gray hair divorce or yeah, is that what yeah the-, the
3: gray divorce the gray divorce yeah,
2: yeah. and so tell the viewers i keep saying viewers oh well no i think we have video around here maybe there viewers. are viewers there
1: are some viewers yeah, yeah there're definitely viewers okay viewers tell
2: listeners. the
3: viewers and listeners so the gray divorce is you know divorces that are coming at the end of you know essentially at the you know the twilight years of people's lives when you're thinking that's when the kids are way gone and you're going to be you know retiring and we've all seen
2: those commercials it looks very relaxing and peaceful (laughs) with the people on the beach so what's the problem
3: float away into the sunset together right and what we're seeing is an increase in people in that time of their lives you know calling it quits and yeah
2: and we need to tell you why it's so important but
0: kevin is waving his finger at me
3: (laughs) so we need
1: Go. I am sorry about that we do have to take a quick break
0: don't split more of Dallas divorce talk coming up next
3: the coast, the soul, the coast, the coast.
0: celebrating the sanctity of good radio this is Dallas divorce talk
2: are back, Dallas Divorce Talk. This is Dawn Budner. I'm here with Carla Calabrese. And we're talking about why marriages fail, why people seek divorce. And we were just at the break talking about the gray divorce. And Carla, you were saying.
3: Yeah, I'm, you know, we're seeing a lot more um, divorce happening in like what we would call the twilight years. And uh, we work a lot with a mental health professional um, uh, in uh, the divorce world who uh, was sharing with us on a case recently that um, involved a gray divorce, and she was saying that she had seen at the almost all of 2016, a big uptick in um, divorces with people that have been married 35 years and up. Wow. Yeah. And um, so I had uh, several cases last year with people in that age range of uh, divorce. And what's tough about those cases is that, you know, and this is, again, um, in some of the cases that we had, we, you know, you have, in in our cases, there were s- women who had stayed home raised kids, because you think, think about it, someone who's 35 years married, they, they're going to be in their, you know, maybe early 60s, or, you know, so, right. it, it, you know, so m- more traditional, right, type of arrangements back then. And so, you know, when you have somebody who's, who's been home for a long time, and, you um, you know, they're at that stage of their where, life. Where normally you would be retired, You'd be retired, retiring, right. And uh, in this one particular case, we really struggled because there, was ver- there wasn't there was a lot of money in the case, yet they lived a pretty high lifestyle because the husband made a lot of money. And so, you know, we were really struggling.
2: So str- they spent it as they went.
3: Yeah, and they he spent, still oh, got totally the spent it. totally spent it as they went. Yeah, but she does not. And then she was, you know, almost sixty years old, or a little over, and you know, it was almost impossible for her to. There's no time left to make up what she needed in order to re- retire, and it was so re- talk really us. scary. to uh, Kevin.
2: I know you had a a question about uh, alimony or. Something from a listener?
1: Um, Yeah, we did have some listener submissions. Hold on, let me pull those up real quick. So
2: I was just thinking, since Carla's talking about that scenario where you've got perhaps one spouse who has stayed home to raise the kids and doesn't have that work experience you know is there any provision for that under texas law
1: um i'm not sure which one is the one you guys are talking about there was here, something
2: about spousal support
1: oh yes 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 uh renee from Highland park asked do i qualify for spousal support slash maintenance
3: yeah so um okay so um you know let's talk about that in this gray divorce so if if Renee was it, if yes. Renee is, you know, at the end of, you know, her, um, well, you know, in her twilight years and been home with the kids for 20, 30, 20 plus years or so and has not worked, um, is not really capable of um, finding, uh, uh, you know, a job that will, um, that she can meet her minimum reasonable needs of living and there is not enough money in the estate such that when you divide it. That the income off that estate is not sufficient to meet her minimum reasonable needs. If you get over all those hurdles, uh, Renee, <laughs> um, <laughs> you might be in luck. Yeah, girl. might be in luck. Um, I will tell you that um, you know it's alimony in Texas is a really tough, in my opinion, a very tough hurdle and burden to prove that you deserve it. Um, I think intellectually we can talk about it and. For example, I had a case yesterday with uh, a person who had been home at least fifteen plus years. Um, has a, a two-year-old plus some other kiddos, and um, you know, clearly, in my you know my opinion, uh, deserves to be supported through helping you know to raising uh, raising the children the way they need to be raised on a go forward but the law does not support that if she can go out there and uh, she'd have to prove she can't find a job which she's fairly young and she's educated and i don't think she's going to be able to do that and i think it shocked we were talking about it with some um some other i guess actually gals in the office um and they were kind of shocked and stunned like what do you mean she's not going to get support so um um, so, yeah, so alimony, you know, alimony, alimony can be yeah.
2: to an issue, which is potentially sort of off topic. But when, you know, so many times we see these situations where, and it does seem to be women most often who are just in a predicament, a real predicament, whether it's just not having access or information about the estate, or this, where, whoever is choosing to be the primary caregiver to the children, um, you know, there's just not provision for that when you get divorced. So a lot, I mean, there's research also that shows, and it's pretty obvious that when you get a divorce, you are less well off financially, both parties are going to be, than if you're living together, right? And you're, you know, you have one house, not two, and, and you're sharing the income, you know, there are synergies. So... Should we be thinking at a time that's earlier than the divorce, perhaps the beginning of a marriage, about how these things are going to be handled, you know? And one thing that I really wish that young women would understand is that if you stay home with your kids and you get yourself in a position where you're really not— marketable you're not able to go back into the workforce without you know some additional education or training um, and maybe you're not able to earn what you would have been if you had stayed in the workforce then you may want to have some agreements some written agreements a postmarital agreement if you will with your spouse so that you're you guys are are establishing a retirement plan for the stay-at-home parent as you go along right Right, and coming up with some agreements about support if you end up you know most people don't plan to get a divorce when they get married so but you know we know that half of them will right so maybe it's worth that's a pretty big risk maybe it's worth going ahead and coming to some agreements and you know how are we going to handle that so that the kids aren't disrupted yeah
3: i think absolutely Uh, there's no doubt that um it would be best for I think all people to actually think about what would happen if their marriage failed and make some agreements that are actually enforceable. And I know that sounds, maybe morbid or something but it's it's way worse than seeing what Don and I have seen in the last you know however many years of doing this of you know whoever is the parent and let me tell you we have had men who have stayed home and raised the kids and been stayed home dad and the same things can happen to that dad that will happen to a mom who's out of the workforce for 20 years and so we're not you know this is not just a female issue it's not it's not you know it happens to be more moms do you know cut back and stay home but it can be a father right and i think that's,
2: that's been changing and will probably continue to change
3: right absolutely and so i think it is it's you know, I would let me say this at this point of my career after seeing this for all these years is I sadly would not advise a child of mine to stay home and raise a child without those kinds of um, clear understandings and contracts.
2: I, I absolutely yeah, agree with I you.
3: Mean, yeah, I mean, and you see a lot when you're in this business, and and people, you know, we, you just see a lot, a lot more than you you wished you d- you had, didn't have to. You know.
2: Well, it's <laughs> so, true, and I, I will just close on this because we're getting that finger wag again. But I think that when everyone likes each other that is when you should be making the agreements about right. how you're going to deal with one another if, you know, things fall off.
3: Right, absolutely. You know, when you're both
2: your, at your best selves and seeing the other as his or her best self. Right, Then a good point. Then, you know, really make agreements that provide for one another.
1: Right, absolutely.
2: And we are going, are we on a break or are we done?
1: Oh no, you guys are out.
2: Ah, over and out? Okay, well next time, people, <laughs> we look forward to seeing you on Dallas Divorce Talk very soon.
0: Bye.